Our goal, though, in this is to train our children's ear and to train them with the love of music. You're listening to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast with Carol Joy Side. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Since we have been talking about the arts over the last few episodes, we wanted to include the topic of music. Carol shares many of the best resources and the general approach to how to introduce your children to classical music without it feeling stiff and a bore. And you don't want to miss an interesting piece of research that she shares at the end. Listen in. Well, today I'm sitting outside of my porch at Sabbath Rest, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about integrating music into your child's life. Years ago, I wrote an article on this for a magazine, and I pulled it out and just thought that I needed to revisit that with a new generation. So I wanted to start by discussing the whole idea of familiarity with classical music. Um, Sometimes we make this way too hard, way too intimidating, and kind of, oh, snooty, oh, darling, we're doing music appreciation or something. I would rather that you not think of it as a class or like taking your cod liver oil in the morning, but that you would just make it part of the culture of your home, part of the oxygen, really, that flows through the doors of your home. And not so much worrying about teaching music or formal teaching, which we'll talk about in a moment, but more of a familiarity and a love for classical music. One way to do this that I have always recommended for all these years is to do a composer for maybe two or even three months at a time, one composer, so that you just play a greatest hit CD of that composer all through the time while you're darning socks and, you know, um, splitting peas for string beans and you're um, kneading the bread dough and making beds and folding laundry. It's not something that you have to have a class and make it all official and stressful for you or the children, but it's just part of your lives. Uh, I love the idea of doing a chronological approach And so that will probably take you several years. And I love the idea of a timeline, a musical timeline that your child can create with little drawings or little stick figures or whatever they're capable of, but where they're getting an idea of the scope and sequence of classical music. Also, um, there are several books that I recommend so highly, and I want to talk about them, mainly for, well, first of all, the first book is for the parents. It's called The Gift of Music, Great Composers and Their Influence, and it's by Jane Stewart Smith and Betty Carlson. It's published by Crossway. It was originally written in 1994. Uh, five, I believe, but it's been revised multiple times and more and more composers have been added. And it is a treasure trove. It's chronological. So you start with Schutz, then you go through Bach, Vivaldi, Handel, you go all through the history of music, ending with Shostakovich. And it is a book that you just cannot 
think of raising your children without having as a resource in your home. So each chapter talks about the composer's worldview and how it shaped the music that they composed and how many of these composers were believers. It's so interesting to, to study the lives of the composers and see this overlap between their faith and their music. And it's, it's very important for our children to be raised knowing that people like Johann Sebastian Bach was an absolutely on fire, sold out Christian. And every piece of music he wrote, he wrote uh, with the help of Jesus at the beginning and ended with to God be the glory at the end. So Jane Stewart Smith was herself a very accomplished opera singer, sang all over the world in Milan and all the really the hot spots of opera. And she moved to Waymo, Switzerland to be part of Labrie, the ministry of Francis Schaeffer and his wife, Edith. And eventually she wound up buying a chalet right next to their chalet. And it became an outreach really of Labrie. And then she began giving lectures to the Labrie students that were there to study. And uh, Jane Stewart Smith gave the lectures and Betty Carlson kept the notes. And so Betty asked, could we make a book of this? And Jane Stewart Smith is like, I have no idea how to write a book. And so Betty Carlson said, well, I'm going to take your notes and I'm going to write the book for you. And so they put it together and it is a treasure. It's never been out of print in all the years that it's been originally written from till now. It is just the number one resource for Christians on classical music. They talk about as I said, the life of the composer, and they also talk about, well, what are a few pieces that you absolutely must listen to? You can't ever listen to all of the pieces that many of these composers created, but what are the key pieces? And then what are some other books if I want to read more and go into deeper depth? So what a great resource. The other book is for your children as well as yourself. It's from Milan, and it was written by an Italian gentleman named Piero Ventura, Piero Ventura, and the name of the book is Great Composers. And if you have his book, Great Artists, his name is familiar to me, to you. And it has very whimsical, delightful drawings set in the historic period when these composers lived. But then it also has a full portrait of each of the composers. And again, it's giving you that overview, that timeline of classical music but your children will just be so drawn into it because of the irresistible illustrations that just make it so fun and delightful for kids. And then I want to talk about scripture memorization because that is something that I'm deeply passionate about. So I'm going to give you three resources for scripture memorization because if your children are not memorizing scripture, what are you thinking? But most importantly, if they're not memorizing scripture that will last for a lifetime, then it's probably because you're not setting the scripture to music. So my first and favorite um, resource would be Seeds Family Worship. Seeds, like planting a seed in the ground. It's available on Spotify and Apple iMusic and all of the typical things, but you can also purchase their CDs directly if you want to take them with you on trips or let your children play them in their rooms. And they are verbatim scripture set to music by world 
class songwriters in Nashville. My favorites are Seeds of Hope and Seeds of Faith. Those were the two original ones. And I just love them. I have worked with children in Uganda, um, three different trips, teaching them scripture with dance and motions using these songs. And they're just irresistible to kids and to adults. And your children will remember these songs for the rest of their lives. Then if you're looking for something a little bit geared more towards adults, theversesproject.com, theversesproject.com are a group of songwriters in America who get together and regularly uh, using John Piper's fighter verses from Bethlehem in uh, Minnesota, Bethlehem Church in Minnesota. These musicians kind of compete and write songs, original songs, for those verses each time that uh, Piper's Church issues the verse. And then they pick whose song, I think they vote on them, and they determine whose song won. And then and it's all free. So it's theversesproject.com. And then uh, for your younger children, someone that you absolutely cannot conceive of raising your children without, and that is Salty, the singing songbook. Salty, spelled like a psalm, P-S-A-L-T-Y dot com. This is Ernie Rotino and his wife, Debbie. And they, uh, in the early 80s, did some of the most beautiful, worshipful, and excellent ministry for children that has ever been done to my knowledge and you can also listen to them on Spotify so it will be called Kids Praise and Kids Praise 1 is of course the first but it goes all the way um, at about 8 or 9 they kind of got a little redundant but the one on missions the one on time traveler where they meet all these famous hymn writers I mean these will change your children's lives. And I like to say, forget about your children. They'll change your lives. So Salty, the singing songbook. I wanted to also talk about some other great books that I think your children would benefit from. First is a series of books that were written many years ago in the 1940s. And there are a series of books written by a lady named Opal Wheeler. Opal Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R. One of her books is Ludwig Beethoven and the Chiming Tower Bells. But she wrote, I don't even know how many, I would guess maybe 25 or so books. They're in large print. They talk about the composer's childhoods and the things that children are really interested in. Children don't care about old men in white wigs. They want to know about a famous person when they were their age. And so she's done a beautiful job about that. And they're very innocent. And she tells anecdotes and stories that just delight children. Her books are very simple, as I said, in large print. So any age would enjoy reading them or hopefully you reading them out loud. They're republished. I personally collected them when they were sometimes a hundred dollars a piece and now you can get them very inexpensively from Zizok Publishers. Z-E-E-Z-O-C-K. Zizok Publishers. They have thankfully republished them and made them very accessible. 
And then another author who wrote a series of books in the 1960s on the composers is a lady named Reba Mirsky, M-I-R-S-K-Y, Reba Mirsky. And she has a whole series. They're not quite as simply written as Opal Wheeler's, but they're very readable, and they have a lot of great detailed information. We have finally come into the 21st century. If you've thought of booking a consulting appointment with me, it's now easier than ever. No more back and forth emails, no more delays. My full calendar is available to view at any time. You see the available days and times 90 days in advance. Select which one works best for you and book the appointment right then and there. In consultations, I help families make my method their own. Find books that will thoroughly engage their children and help problem solve through difficult situations. I also offer life coaching if you need more personal support and encouragement. Visit my website through the link in the show notes to book an appointment today. Now back to the show. Some other books that I find really helpful, and some of them are examples of the type of book I'd love you to be using with your kids. There's a book on Handel called Handel and the Famous Sword Swallower of Hail. And it's a story of Handel's childhood and how he had a burning desire to play music, but his father wanted nothing to do with it. But he had an auntie who really went to bat on his behalf. And she fought for Handel. And his father's employer, the Duke of Weisenfell, intervened as well. And Handel was finally allowed to become a musician and the eventual composer, the most beloved piece that has ever been written, Handel's Messiah. So a delightful, again, story of someone's childhood that will make uh, these things come alive. Keep in mind, as you're reading books about the composers, <clears throat> excuse me, or playing the music uh, during those months, keep, you know, kind of just mentioning to the kids, oh, this is the song that we listen to when we bake bread. Well, that's the song that Handel wrote when he was or when Bach's wife died or, you know, whatever, so that you tie it into their life. You don't necessarily have to tell them the, the name of the song for a while, but let their ear be trained. Let them fall in love with the music itself and limiting it to just a few pieces so that they begin to know and memorize the music instead of it just sounding like elevator music that just goes on and on and on but doesn't really have any Velcro. Another book that I just love with all my heart, it's a little bit hard to find but it's worth the search, also from Italy. It's called Amadeus Mozart and it's written by Ibi Lepsky, L-E-P-S-K-I. It was published by Barron's here in the United States. And I love this book because, of course, Mozart was homeschooled. And his dad really felt that he owed God the responsibility for the education of his son, who was incredibly gifted. Also, um, I love the relationship that Mozart had with his little sister, Nanero, and the lack of sibling rivalry that they had and the love and just the closeness and the partnership that they had. It's just precious. And once you read this book, you're going to want to read the other books in the series. They also include Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci. But this, this series, of course, is out of print, 
but they're so beautifully done. Paola Cardoni did the illustrations, and they're translated from the Italian, and I really think you will love these books. Um, I'd love to share also with you some books on opera and some, you know, classical pieces. One, probably the best-known classical piece of music for children is Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf, and it's um, Prokofiev's uh, musical piece about Peter and a wolf, and it's all done through instrumentation. And every truly educated child needs to have the pleasure of growing up with this probably most popular of all children's pieces. Another piece that I think of when it comes to children is The Nutcracker by Hoffman. And it's illustrated in my uh, choice by Lisbeth Zwerger, Z-W-E-R-G-E-R, Lisbeth Zwerger by Picture Book Studio. It was published originally in 1819, and it, of course, became a very, very famous ballet as well. It's definitely the book to read before you attend the ballet so that it has much more meaning for you. I don't think children are ever too young to be exposed to classical opera. And a great leg up into that world would be a picture book on the opera Aida, A-I-D-A, and it's retold by Leontine Price, who's a very famous opera singer, and it's beautifully illustrated by Leo and Diane Dillon. I know you think, oh my goodness, not opera, but opera is so accessible to children if they know the story ahead of time. This is a an opera by Verdi, the it- Italian composer, and one of the most popular operas of all time. And it's the story of an Ethiopian princess who is captured and made to serve as a slave to Pharaoh's daughter in Egypt. So when you're studying ancient Egypt, I have this on the pink sheets um, if you're using my methodology. And it's just so beautifully illustrated and just an understanding of someone who's been in very high position and ruling and now being kind of sublimated into a role of a slave and how beautifully it's told. And then I really hope that you would expose your children to classical folk songs and that you would be singing all the time in your home. And the best book I know of for that is a book called Go In, and out of the window. Go in and out of the window. And it contains 61 classic children's songs. But what I love about it is those songs are paired with classical art. For example, a Japanese woodblock print is paired with the song, It's Raining, It's Pouring. Or a medieval tapestry is paired with a courting couple um, from green sleeves. So it's a great coffee table book for your kids to grow up with, but it's also a great resource for you to begin teaching your children classical folk songs that will just be part of the DNA of your home. And then if you're using the Little House books, which I very much hope that you are, I very would love you to know about Diana Waring. Diana Waring, uh, her website is Diana. Wearing, W-A-R-I-N-G dot com. 
dianawaring.com. She has done some CDs from the songs in the Little House books. So when Pa is playing the fiddle or singing to the girls at night, very often as you're reading them, you have no idea how that song goes. And so Diana has beautifully created some CDs that will help you and your family to be able to sing those songs as Pa is playing the fiddle. Now I want to close with the idea of you know when or what the question I should say of when should we introduce formal music training to our children years ago I had the opportunity of being at one of the most influential days of my life Dr. Moore and his wife Dorothy did an all-day seminar in Southern California where we lived and it was up in Pasadena and we went up to the church it was uh, Dr. Dobson's church and we went in my girlfriend and I and the place was packed to the roof and Dr. Dobson came and Phyllis Schlafly and lots of other folks but the Moors brought different people up on the podium to share throughout the day and one of the people he brought up was a man who a Christian man in Southern California I don't remember his name but he owned a chain of very well-known and successful music stores in Southern Cal and he was asked the question from the audience when is the best time to start formal music training with children and he said well that's really interesting you would ask that question because a piece of research had just been released and it was very very fascinating to him as a man who owned music stores and and ran music studios he said they did, had done a group a study on a group of children starting uh, some of the children were very very young the other children in this study uh, were very let's say more like nine or ten and the children started music at very different times so some of them started at two and three and some of the children in the study started at like ten and as time wore on, the children all uh, became, you know, approximately the same age, and they had a kind of vetted uh, recital, a judged recital. And the judges were not told how long the 12-year-old children in the recital had been playing. Some of them had been playing 10 years, and some of them had been playing 2 years. And when the judges evaluated the children, what was astonishing is that all of the children tested at approximately the same level at the age of 12, no matter how long they had been taking formal music lessons. And he explained that very much based on what Dr. Moore was teaching us that day, that later the research showed was actually showing to be better than early because if you waited till a child was older, they could make traction in such a short period of time. The progress that they would make would have taken years and years to have made when they were very young. But by the time they were 9 or 10 years of age, what they could accomplish in months would have taken them years. So I thought that was fascinating. And again, it goes so against the culture and the things that many of us have been taught and the pressure that builds on us like oh you know start them when they're three but yet the research showed that really there is no benefit and there can be a lot of damage based on the stress 
and the expense and the loss of childhood that very often accompanies a child being forced to be inside working away when they could be outside climbing trees and squashing bugs and jumping in ponds and and streams. So sometimes better late than early can even apply to areas other than formal academics. Our goal, though, in this is to train our children's ear and to train them with the love of music. So training their ear and the love of music. These are the things that we work so hard to accomplish. And whether they ever are formally trained as a musician, that's up to you as a family. But at least to give them a lifelong relationship with classical music. What a gift that is to you and your children. You've been listening to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast with Carol Joy Side. For a full list of the resources recommended in this episode, you can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about our approach to homeschooling, visit our online store. You'll find our basic seminars, a literature-based approach to education, and begin with the end in mind. They'll give you the full picture of a research-based approach to education that is built on great books. Thanks for joining us this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. I'm Rachel Winchester. Be sure to join us next time as we help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.